Welcome to Products of Grace, a podcast by Mercy Hill Church. Mm. My name is Lawson Harlow, and with me today, I have uh, Ton Daryl <laughs> and Blake McCullough. <laughs> it's Don Henson. So, Ton. <laughs> so, Ton. <laughs> what are we doing today? So, today, we just had a pregame warm-up conversation. <laughs> Lawson has been in the best mood all day long, waiting for this moment, and somehow we brought up last week's episode, <laughs> and he quickly descended <laughs> he almost <into> tyranny. Yeah. <laughs> he almost quit. I've he actually already quit. quit. I'm just going to be here. Yeah, he said, I'm not really excited about this as, anymore. As, in reverse of what Paul normally says, I'm here in body, but not in spirit. <laughs> oh, so today, today, hopefully, today. this is the ethic we can all agree on. Mm-hmm. The work ethic. Mm. So today's episode is going to be about work ethic. Sweet. Can we say new covenant work ethic? <laughs> 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 so we need sad. A, you know what we need what we need a sound that goes in the podcast every time i roll my eyes <laughs> yes i think they can hear it actually it's that can. hard <laughs> it's like <laughs> all right all right Sorry. so uh we have i wanted to highlight that this podcast Mm-hmm. is a ministry of Mercy Hill Church. Mm-hmm. What's your opening that you always say? A podcast by Mercy, by Mercy Hill Church. Church. Mm. So we also now have, if you, and, and I think we're low on followers. This is what I've heard. What are you talking oh, about? We have a meme page on Facebook. Oh, goodness. It's, Products. A, it's a byproduct of grace. Do we want to share that? Do we want to do we want to give it credibility? I didn't know if that was a more of a dark web thing or like a, like a legit out <laughs> I don't know, but I, thing. I, honestly, I don't share the podcast. Me neither. I don't I, the, I, you, you know, know what he, his Twitter handle has changed. I'm not on Twitter, by the way. I did change it. You're right. It, why did it change? Did you notice? It's not my, it's not his my handle, handle or his bio. My bio. His bio. What's yeah. his bio say? Bio now is this a character on Products of Grace? This is a character, character on Products of Grace. Character on Products of Grace. So so don't do let him, a, a don't let him act like he's not proud. Well, I had a, I had a conversation with uh, a couple of people from the Bar Network. Biblical and Reform Podcast. Oh, you're trying <laughs> to get us. You're trying to get us on the on <laughs> I the straight circuit. sent it to him. Yeah. I really did. Oh, I rolled my eyes because of the way that they named their the biblical bar, reform. Yeah. You could have just said biblical and it would have been fine. Now I can know for certain that we will not, <laughs> not play us. <laughs> <laughs> we pull no punches here. Well, it was just like, I thought, well, we do it. And I saw that they were like, they said something about the podcast they have and it was like a list of things. And I thought, we do that. Well. Yeah. Okay. Here you go. Here's a link. They haven't got back to me. <laughs> if you get if you get back to us, we'll take it back. We actually won't. But. Yeah. Hundred percent won't. So we have a Facebook meme site. Is that what you call this? Products. Page? Of me- is it I pro- think it's, it's called a page. Is it's it? a page? And it's product. Products of memes. Product products of memes. of memes. I think it's okay if we share it. If we, as the products of grace, like it, mm. because somebody somebody showed me that we have way more followers and likes on the on the podcast page than we do on the meme page. Well, part of it is just age. The meme page is like 11 days old. In all fairness, like our 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 Facebook page for Products of Grace is not we don't work really hard on that. Uh-uh. 
Shots fired. No, it's not shots fired. <laughs> Literally, let's talk about work. How dare you let's question his work? Let's talk about work. Know, work ethic. That quick. I don't work hard on that. Blake Blake <laughs> manages the Facebook page. He has a full time job. He manages all the announcements his here. Well. His right. household well. He's not a bro. Like, the list goes on, right? And so it's like you. There's no shots to be fired at him. So a lot of people don't know how to do memes. Yeah. So I was thinking. Should we host a meme workshop? No, <laughs> this is not okay. We have a really good keynote speaker. That we we could do. Call. Like how, like this individual could talk about like how they got into memes. Mm. What's the history of memes? A little anecdote. Yep. There are a couple of other memesters that I think are equivalent. Yeah, they're just like a little less out there. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Like they're they're not sharing their memes with the yeah. world t- too often, but this, they're sharing them yeah. with <laughs> small circles. Yeah. There's a, there's a thread. That exists. So my favorite meme, and we talked about this before we started recording, and this is actually part of my show notes, is my favorite meme was The Rock. So The Rock, Lawson said he hated it. It's a bad meme. It's not. <laughs> it's very clever and funny and sure. true. And so it's The Rock, and it says on The Rock, it says New Covenant Ethics, and it's me. It says Don, and I'm holding The Rock over what looks like to be me, which I am a member of this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so Are you a character? I am a character. <laughs> and so it's P-O-G is the, is the person sitting. It looks like the guy's going to smash him. Mm. And so that's what it was saying last episode was. Fun, fun fact, that was, the first, that was the template for the first meme I ever created. Really? Yep. That's owed to you? I didn't, I didn't no, no. The very, no, the very uh, first uh, time I memed anything. That was it. That was the photo huh. that I used. Wow. All right, so. Feel good about it. Speaking of shout outs. Whoop. There's a GoFundMe right now. Indeed. That's happening there for is. the pastor of Mercy Hill Church. <laughs> yeah. He's also guy. a character on <laughs> this show. That's true. His name's Lawson Harlow. That's me. It's, uh, I think we can share that link too. What do you yeah, think, Blake? I think have, we can I'll arrange be that. be happy to. Where are you at on your goal? Um, he loves to talk about money, by yeah, the way. His hair's like already really high. He's like, like now, like, gonna vomit. Um, <laughs> we raised, I think on GoFundMe right now, is like 5,300 5, something, I think, okay. which is incredible. What's the goal? The goal is 8,000. How long you been active? Oh, less than a month. Probably we can right get there. Month. We, can, we get can get there. Get there. Yeah. I mean, so, all, if each of our listeners gave a dollar, we'd, we'd that's be way right. over. This is all way, of a sudden like Way over. We'd be way over. Yeah, thousands. Yeah, accumulated for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, I also like to see. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I feel like this is like a Caleb pledge. Drive. Yeah, no <laughs> joke. Hey, listen, the, one of the very first times I ever heard tongues, like someone from speaking in in oh yeah big air quote tongues, was someone on Caleb and they were doing their drive, yes. and I and they were like praying that the Lord would send more money in and as his oh, money wow. came in, bro, they went straight into jibber jabber land. Uh, it sounded like the house of Slytherin was speaking uh, over there gosh. and um, it weirded me out and I thought, why would anybody give them a dime? Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right, so <laughs> so shout out to... And we finished, we finished selling t-shirts t- today. Oh, okay. I bought one like with like 11 minutes to spare last night. Oh, sweet. It felt like uh, Tom Cruise or something. Yeah, so the big goal so was to, the big goal was to sell 75 t-shirts because 75 t-shirts was the best of the profit margins. Yeah. And so I think uh, we sold 89. Hey, yeah. That is more than 75. Which last night when I when I got home before I shared that like 
we had sold 72 and so oh. everybody last minute bought so right now but you're telling the people they can't get the t-shirts it's yeah closed. t-shirts are done but you can still give money on the GoFundMe go you know what I want him to do what? I'm dead serious ribs a rib drive <gasps> we need to coordinate oh, a way that we need to figure out a way to do ribs what uh, I'm not I'm not gonna say this on the show because I know that I'll be required to do it and I won't do it, so it doesn't matter. Oh, uh, he's talking about the beard thing. He is talking about the beard thing. Yeah, you were going to shave your beard off. Uh, I don't even want to see that. Nobody wants to I see do. that. I don't know who's hiding behind there. I like this guy, <laughs> not that guy. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> real life, I have a phobia. It's like, uh, oh, you had a stroke. This, this, is a, this is a weird, like, internal, irrational fear. But I have a fear that if I shave my beard off, I won't be able to preach anymore. I mean, that's biblical. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know what happens biblical. after that's I shave a, that's my beard That's a valid off. fear. Like, is Spurgeon Spurgeon without a beard? Can I, like, was that, is that what endued him with the ability to preach so effectively? I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, Pretty beard. He looked rough. It was ugly. Yeah. He, he was I, gifted I in many ways. I think you could rock the stash. Yeah. There isn't enough money in the world to make me rock a stash. That's so, not true. $15,000 would get me there. Wow. Yeah. Five you heard them, listeners. Yeah. You heard them. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah. I don't know. Julie and I. <laughs> you ready? You ready? Sure. Julie and I are driving downtown a couple months ago. I was waiting ago. for you to say like something else. Downtown. You said that with so. Downtown. All right. So we're driving downtown. Okay. And we come to a stop. And. Yeah. Like on the way, I see a bum. Can I call him a bum? <laughs> Is that offensive? I'm going to call him a bum. There was a bum. He's sitting on a milk crate, as a bum does, and he's got a sign up, and he's asking for money, and all of a sudden, this other bum behind him with a huge rock, and Julie's going, you know, it's like when you get to the stop light, there's always this tension tension where you, to pacify the lady as the protector, you want to lock the door, but then I'm like, well, he's not going to do anything. Nothing's happening. So I didn't lock the door and I come to a complete stop. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the bum behind him has this rock. Bum, bum, bum. Yes. <laughs> throws the rock and Julie goes, at the car? <gasps> They're throwing it at the car. And I go, nope, he's throwing it at the bum. <laughs> oh my gosh. All of a sudden, the rock comes past the dude's head that's sitting on the milk crate, almost hits the car. And I'm like looking at the red light going, am I going to run the red light? Like what is happening here? And all of a sudden that bum throws his sign down, gets up on the mil- off the milk crate. And I mean, Mike Tyson, Alexander Holyfield's this guy, pummels him, beats him down, comes back to his crate all before the light changes and holds his sign back up like nothing happened. Like I thought this was so ironic about like, here's two dudes begging for money and willing to fight over their spot mm. like you know what i'm saying like yeah. like you're working that hard to do to do nothing <laughs> like <laughs> i mean it's the craziest thing <laughs> all right so with that gentlemen let's work our fingers to the bone <laughs> Or smash somebody with a rock. (laughs) Let's smash this topic. One time when I was in college, I was setting up a tent. And as I was setting up the tent, this is actually going to miraculously somehow take both of those two things and mesh them into one. A friend of mine 
and I were setting up a tent and we did not have a sledgehammer to drive the stakes into the ground. Oh no. Is there's this massive rock to the side and he says, Hey, let's just hit it with the rock. Hmm. But he had gripped it so far in that as Mm-mm. he raised, and I'm talking, this is like, it's like bigger than a cinder block. No. He picks it up and he Whoa. drives it the whole way down. Oh. And in between the rock and the, and the iron stake, no. the tip of his finger exploded. Oh, and you could literally like see the bone uh-uh. under it. And so we went, to, we went to the emergency room and sat there all the day. So he literally worked his uh, fingers down to the, down the bone. bone. This With a rock gusting. I feel good about that. Between like, a rock and a hard place. Yeah, I feel like I, I have just contributed to the liturgy of the podcast. Proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> he almost worked himself to death. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So let's talk about work ethic. Okay. You ready? Let us. Yep. Let us. Why do you think these bums are fighting over their spot? <laughs> I mean, it seems know. like they got work ethic. Thought we were gonna talk. <laughs> 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 this is gonna be one of those that anyway. Okay, yeah, it's for sure, work ethic. <laughs> what? So, what's the work ethic? I want my spot, want and my I'll spot, fight you for and it. I'll fight you for it. So, mm. I was thinking about this. Somebody texted me the other day. They were like, "Hey, you know, do you like what you do? Do you feel fulfilled? Fulfilled? Okay, you get that one all the time. Such a big question. It is." So I started researching this and I was like, this question would have fallen on deaf ears to like the man in the 15th century, Seriously? 16th yeah. century. It yep. would have. It'd have been like, I or don't know. in like the 60s. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a major, it in was a 60s, major theme of like, uh, I love drinking scotch and smoking cigarettes at work. <laughs> <laughs> it was true. It was a major, it was a major theme of, of Truman's book, the, the economic man. When he was dealing with the rise and fall, rise and oh, really? of the modern self. Yeah, he talked about the economic man. The question was never, are you fulfilled? The question is, are you working? Yes. Are you providing for your family? Yes. Good they, would have, they would have answered and said, the, the, the appropriate means to an end is they are providing for their family. Indeed. And in that, they found great mm-hmm. and lasting fulfillment. Yeah. So why do you think it is like the spirit of the age is to often think through like, am I fulfilled? I also, it, rem- it reminds me of Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs. Mm. like he's like one of his big famous quotes is like you know we raise our children to find out like you can do whatever you want that you dream of and mm-hmm. you know always pursue your dreams he said i'll be honest with you i found some people that uh you know like harvest pig manure for fertilizer and it's one of the nastiest dirtiest jobs but they're the happiest people <laughs> yep yeah. and i don't necessarily know that they would have pursued a dream mm. of like making manure into liquid fertilizer but they love what they do and so it just it like strikes at the conscience to be like why would they be fulfilled in that work and have such mm-hmm. ethic around it when they probably couldn't answer and they probably would answer yes i love what i do and i'm fulfilled in what i do and they have mm-hmm. a great work ethic there yeah so anyways you, you had a grin on your face blake i don't remember now wow sorry awesome it's, it's it's amazing to me that there are people that cannot remember something and just me, be okay I'm with it. Them. Just be like, okay, I forgot. It's <laughs> Maybe fine. if it comes back to me in yeah. good yeah. providence, then I'll say it. Um, yeah, well, I think we were talking about the 15th, 16th century man. Oh, no, yeah. I, I, I remember now. I just feel like we live in a world where we as a people think far too highly of our lives. Mm-hmm. And this is just a symptom of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like the need to be fulfilled in your job, which is something that even... I like I've fallen prey to it's just like the 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 necessity of feeling like you're fulfilled is just 
I don't know, in my mind, thinking too highly of what your job is supposed to do for you. Mm. Like your job isn't supposed to fulfill you. Yeah. And so it's it's just thinking too highly of, of what we have in this world and what we contribute to it. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. I mean, I think you can you can really drop that in almost any category today. Yeah. It's like everything that you're looking at, you're looking at it for to do something for you. Yeah, in, your in, marriage, your mm, yeah, well, everything. And I, your hobbies have to be money making hobbies yeah. now. They have to be hustles. And you know, I I even think of like, I mean, I mean, a simple way to think is like I think about evangelism. I know this is a different topic, but like. <laughs> People do evangelism for what it will do for them. Yeah, it's like the end. that's not that's not the purpose. You do evangelism because you love the one whom you're speaking of, right? Like it flows out of affection. But it's like there's a unique moment I think when we realize that work is just that, mm-hmm. right? It's work. My my identity can't be rooted in it. Um, my um, my and, and just to be super honest, like it's reasonable to have goals and dreams and aspirations inside of your field, mm. but I think the the best goal and dream and aspiration is to do whatever you are doing unto the Lord, yeah. and yeah. for it to provide for the family that God's given you, mm. or or for yourself if you're a single man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like that that's the purpose of it, and so I need to walk in whatever the purpose is, and not assume that all of my dignity, value, and worth is going to come from my labors, right? Do you think it's wrong if we find some semblance of identity in rooted in our work? No. Like I think that's a historical category. Yeah, yeah I think like no, I think to your point so. Blake, like I th- I call it the protagonist syndrome mm-hmm. where it's like they want to be the central character of yeah. their own story and yeah. it's like the whole world revolves around everything. Mm-hmm. And I think like the temperament of just laboring as we labor under the Lord is it's just that like we learn to know that labor is by the sweat of our brow yeah. and so it's called work for a reason if it wasn't work we would call it vacation you know it's like it, it i call I, vacation work <laughs> some of us have to work at vacation <laughs> but i mean I, I think that's you know i think that's i think that's the real issue is like you know when when we get up and go to work like we need to think about it being yeah. labor and and laborious mm. and i think like far too often like we look at like what you were saying things through a romantic lens yeah. It's like all of a sudden marriage becomes marriage and it's not a fairy tale like I thought it was. Mm. And so Disney lied I, to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and I want to give up. Mm. And so like at what point, um, you know, is there, is there a spirit of quit that, that people shouldn't have? Like, I guess that's my, that's my question. This is interesting to me. I read a book a few months ago called Your Future Self Will Thank You. And it was talking about brain science of like, how we think about present versus how we think about future. And we always like the part of our brain that thinks about the future is the same part of our brain that thinks about things that are fake. Like it's imagination, imagination. We always assume that the future will, will be better. Like that. It'll have kind of a, not that the future it's itself like will be better. Greener and we will be better. Oh. We will be the best version of ourselves in, in the, the future. future. And so we can do and think and, you know, accomplish so much more huh. because we're not going to be our real selves. We're going to be like this, this super version of ourselves. And I think that's part of why we romanticize work. It's like mm. in six months when I like, actually I'll have time for all of the things I need to do mm. and I'll be a better employee and I'll have more fun and my work will be better. It's like, the six months never comes. Mm. Just it's always the next six mm. months. Mm. That actually is super helpful. I 
just had a whole paradigm shift. Thanks for that, Blake. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but, but but seriously, like, I mean, Lawson's not fulfilling this job. No, no, no I, I'm I'm super. You have to believe Blake as well because the audience can't see, but he's got on a sport yeah, he's coat. He's wearing a bow tie. <laughs> a bow tie, a lapel pin. I mean, yeah. this guy could like with, say with, the with, biggest with lie the, ever, yeah. ever and I'd be like, really? He has his, he has, he has his southern seminary. <laughs> you know, the grass is actually white. We just imagined that yeah, yeah, it's yeah. green in our yeah, I've been colorblind for a long time. Um, but, but I do think that's helpful because, I mean, I can recall one of the, one of the frustrations and I, and I think this may be a, a reasonable frustration going back to your your first, your question was like a spirit of quit. Mm-hmm. Like I've quit one job. Like, like I quit because mm-hmm. there was, there were reasons, like I had good reasons for mm-hmm. it, but I quit without any, you know, expectation of a job on the horizon. Um, but you know, my frustration with any job that I ever had up until, up until this one, just to be honest, mm-hmm. was not, um, but I mean, I had good reason. It was, I wasn't paid enough. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't able to provide for my family. Like I, I tell people this often, I, I never made over $20,000 a year until mm-hmm. Mercy Hill was planted. Mm-hmm. And, um, which is, I mean, I, we planted at 20, I was 27 when that happened. And thankfully the Lord had provided through various other means. But, um, but that's, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Like that's, and, and, and should the Lord, you know, should should Beth and mine's story be a little bit different? And we had had a child up until you know before that. I probably would have jumped out of pastoral ministry mm. so that I could have provided for my family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like the providence of the Lord, you know, you know, orchestrated that in a way that landed mm-hmm. us where we are. But my desire, my desire for quit was never: am I fulfilled or am I not? My desire for quit was like: are they? Am I ever going to actually be able to provide in the field that God's called me to? Mm. Um, which I think would play a part in, is there a spirit of quit? Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I've been, I still get upset about when I see um, young men, especially who go into the ministry, just abused like nothing else. Here, work mm-hmm. part-time for 12 hours. Uh, JK, work for 40 hours and we'll pay you like you work for 12. Mm-hmm. But that's that's maybe more specific to the pastoral office. So I, I've quit one job in my life. Yeah. And uh, Julie and I were, we were married. And I was managing a dry cleaning and laundry in Jackson, Tennessee, and I worked for a divorced couple. And they um, they worked different days, so it was like <laughs> Monday she was there, Tuesday he was there. Oh. When it was, and so it rolled, oh. and that's the way they worked. And so I was the plant manager. I think I had this was probably maybe two months before I was getting my degree. Uh, Bailey at the time I think was like two. And we had been married for maybe two and a half years. And yeah. so I, Bailey was sick at uh, daycare and I had to leave early. And so it was like early in the morning. I had to get there at this job early, turn all the machines on, do all this stuff. And um, my kid, you know, Bailey was sick. So I was like, hey, so-and-so, will you watch the place? I'm going to go get Bailey from uh, daycare. Go home. So-and-so should be here. The husband, the divorced husband, should be here in about an hour. And when I got back like two days later, like the the next day, the ex-wife was there and then he came like it was like I was working for my biggest enemy. And he Mm. said, I'm going to he said, imagine a world where you come into your kid's daycare and no one's watching your child. 
And I was like, okay, first and foremost, like <laughs> this place is not a living human being. Like I, I get what you're saying. And so it, it flew all over me. It made me so mad. And they like, they, I mean, if you could imagine being in the middle of a divorced couple. That sounds like an actual nightmare. Yeah, and I was a pawn. And I, I looking back on this now, I understand. I got so mad. I was so offended at what he had said to me. I gave him my phone and my key to the place. And I said, you can have all this job. And he had actually said, I'm going to work to lower your pay. Like I'm, oh, I'm going to get yeah. and So I was just like, no, that's not happening. But there you go. <laughs> I got in the truck and I was like, what did I just do? <laughs> <laughs> like at the time we were living in uh, Julie's grandmother's house, like she had passed away and they needed somebody to caretake the place. And so, you know, it's just, I was young. Like, I mean, yeah. this is probably, I don't know, like 20 something years ago. Yeah. And so, um, I remember telling, uh, you know, Julie. And of course the reaction is like, what have you done? Like, how are we? And she was working at the time. But I remember saying, I would rather join the military. And there's nothing against the military. I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. like, I would rather enlist than to have spent another day. Like, it was such a psychological relief that there was just, it was just uh, taking a huge toll on me. Mm. And so I, I, from there, like, I went uh, and got in a job fair, got a suit, and a financial services company hired me and the rest is you know 22 years of history where Uh, like i didn't quote unquote go to school to get into finance it was you know working to provide for my family and the drive to provide my family still now even today compels me to get up every day and and work you know and so i think like you know i was telling um a young man about that experience that yeah. he was a church here. And I said, you know, I regret that. Like I regret quitting. I wished I had not done it. It seems like my emotions at the moment got the best of me, yeah. but I've seen people quit for much less, like quit over, you know, I don't want to work 42 hours. I just want to work 40. And so I think there's like an ability to like give up too soon yeah, and not persevere on. And like almost like a spirit of, like I, I guess, I guess is the question there. Like, is there a spirit that I don't want to labor? And if we don't want to labor, do we not understand what it means to labor unto the Lord? Mm. I mean, I'd say hard yes to that. I think, I mean, maybe, maybe the distinction between like my dad's generation and mine mm-hmm. is like I, I have watching men work today is not like watching men work in the past. I, I feel like, and. As I watch, as I watch people labor, normally it's a, I think, so this is probably a weird way to speak of this, but it lacks pride. Mm. Um, And it's like, there's, there's a lack of dignity in laboring hard. And it's the furthest Mm. thing from the truth. Mm. It's like, there's a great dignity Mm. in laboring hard and unto the Lord. Um, One of the, one of our older members here, he got a, this is a weird story, but he got a, you know, Dove chocolate has like a little saying on the inside. Mm Mm-hmm. And on the inside, he got oh, the little candies. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. little the little chocolate candies, and it said, "Don't stop till you're proud." Hmm. And, I, and 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 he brought that to me. He said, "So is is pride in this situation a is sinful?" And I'm mm-hmm. like, "No, bro. I, I think furthest mm-hmm. thing from it. Mm-hmm. I think if we're laboring unto the Lord, we want to labor in a way mm-hmm. that the product that I'm ending with is is God glorifying." Mm-hmm. Um, not, not as a means of like, I'm doing this so that God will accept me or anything meritorious like that. But it's saying like, I want to labor unto the Lord in a God glorifying Mm -hmm. way, which means I want to be able to Mm -hmm. be glad, Mm -hmm. right. When he sees the fruit of my labor. And I think there is something lost 
when we can finish a whole day and have nothing to show for it. Mm. And so like for me early on, and I still, I still struggle with this for some, sometimes it's like, I feel like I'm consuming and I feel like our, our generation specifically was taught to consume, mm. just eat. Right. And it doesn't matter if it's entertainment. It doesn't matter if it's, um, food or whatever else it may be, but we haven't been taught to produce. Mm. And it's like, I, at the end of my life, the question for me is going to be how much have I produced, not how much have I consumed. Mm. And mm. so it's like in day to day life, I think C.S. Lewis one time made an argument about the um, the the joy of a pa- of painful legs when you sleep. Mm. It's like you get into bed and your legs are sore, mm. and it's like such a joyous and and and, and happy pain because mm. like I've labored unto the mm. Lord today and I mm. feel the fruit of that. Like I love getting into bed with a tired mind. Mm. Um, but getting into a bed with an active mind is almost like torment. Mm. Mm. I think we can connect this to past episodes too. Like I remember reading an article about how much of the pornography epidemic among men is, Mm. is linked to men who aren't, aren't working hard. Mm. Like if you're tired, you have less margin (laughs) for, for activities. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? So, so I have a a quote that always hangs with me. I think it's Chuck Swindoll. And he says, resting on your laurels is a synonym for flirting with disaster. True. So my question was like, like, should we work as we labor into the Lord, like with an eye on our reputation in the world amongst unbelievers. Like I think be well thought of by outsiders. Yeah, That's the verse I was thinking of. So like, how do we demonstrate that? You're the best employee on the planet. Yeah. And not so that you can be seen by your boss. Right. And I think that's like a big, like a big distinction is like, there are people who are the best employee on the planet. What do you mean by the boss? (laughs) (laughs) Someone above you. (laughs) The Lord. If you have that, if you have someone above you, like I, I feel like there are people that I've experienced in my life who work well so that they can get ahead but are, aren't really working well if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so we say in my business when you see a middle manager do this, we call it managing up. Okay. So they manage up for it with an eye to be seen. It's yeah. never about actually And producing. everybody in the whole room rolls their eyes it. as hard yeah, as they can. So it's like, oh, that's a great idea. That's you're flying a plane on the beach as a banner. It has no tangible benefit for the audience. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, just to be yeah. seen. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, but I think like to your point, like I think there's a, I think there's a, there's a world in which it exists, like the, where we labor and we labor unto the Lord and we're proud of our work because we know it is who we labor unto. Yeah. And it can't help be seen by those around us. Yeah, but I sure. think there has to be humility, right? I think yeah. that's where you're like getting it. Like that would be a prideful work. Yeah, to be having pride in the fact that I'm working unto the Lord, but not pride about how good of an employee I am, mm. if that makes sense. I totally agree with that. The It's not really a catch-22, but I, sometimes I fear that we, we're like, let me do things that make outsiders think well of me but not be happy when outsiders think well of me. I know that's not what you're saying. No, I get, yeah, I get what you're but saying. I, but I, I just think it is an important... Like, first of all, it's a qualification for an elder, by the way. But then secondly, it's just a clear statement. I think it's in Colossians 4 that it deals with it. And it's like your conversation, the way that you labor, all of that really makes up the way that we live our lives. And we need, like, outsiders should look at the Christian inside of the workplace and think, I want 30 more of this guy, Mm. right? There should be something. We should be Joseph's. 
I mean, I, I, I hate to use that as an illustration, but it's like everything he touched turned to gold. His labor in Potiphar's house, even though he was, you know, there as a slave, was faithful. His labor in the jail was faithful. His labor mm-hmm. for Pharaoh was faithful. And all of that was done under the watchful eyes of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's... Even in the face of injustice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to where, where I was headed was like, there's so many texts that deal with how we interact masters and slaves. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can parse that in a different way if you want to but at bare minimum we could say it has applications for employer employee and it's like if you have a wicked employer and he's not asking you to do wicked like he's just a jerk you can still labor into the lord Mm -hmm. under that guy Mm -hmm. and you can still do everything you can to make him look Mm -hmm. at you and think what is up with this guy Mm -hmm. he is the hardest working individual i've ever come across Mm -hmm. and he does it with joy Mm -hmm. and go ahead what's funny is like this gentleman that said those things to me uh i'll never forget you know, regretting leaving and not, not wishing I had not persevered unto the Lord, you know, not, and in the face of injustice, you know, having a guy tell me your, your family's not worth it. You're not worth this. And I'm gonna do everything I can to reduce your pay and make your life miserable. And in the face of that, I bail, right? We can all sympathize with that. Yeah. But what's interesting is about seven or eight years later, I'm sitting in a location as a lender and in walks, this guy <laughs> and says, Hey man, I'm, I'm opening a business here and you were the first person I wanted to come see because I trust you. And I actually want to borrow money from this institution because you're sitting in this seat. And so it's just like it, to me, Weird. it's crazy how, you know, certain things over time, even in the midst of injustice, you're always like, looking back at Providence. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you're just like, wow, if, how much more would it have been like had I not, per, you know, had I persevered about all of this in Providence? But it just to me, it reminds me of how God works all of these things. And yet, like we learn great truths out of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And in the face of looking at it in hindsight, I would say I would totally do these things different. But yet he uses them in such a way where we learn and that we can come alongside people that are in the same situation and encourage them. Hey, I've been there before. Mm-hmm. This is how the Lord led me through these situations. Yeah. Um, it's just to me, when you brought up Joseph, it made me think about that guy walking yeah. in the branch and me being like, he's coming to kill me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's here. He's arrived. The day I finally am dying here. Yeah. Just shoot me now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, Tim Ferriss, are you familiar with this guy? Tim Ferriss? He's an author. No. He wrote a book called The 4-Hour Workweek. Oh. Mm. Uh, have you heard this? We've had a conversation about this. Yes, yeah, so it's, like it's a fascinating concept. I just wanted to throw it out there. Like, where do we get the idea that fruitful labor happens within a full 40-hour work week? Like, mm. does it, does it, does quantity, and maybe we shouldn't pit these things against each other, but does quantity also, like, determine quality? Like, always determine quality? And so I was just thinking, like, as we work, as we work into the Lord, like, sometimes there's not, 40 hours worth of work to do you know uh, sometimes you know doesn't sometimes it doesn't require 40 hours to actually have fruit of your labor Mm. so i wanted to throw that out there and be like where like where do we rest as as individuals thinking through like what does that mean blake's face is gold so he has to go first i mean obviously all of this is conscience right but i think and we, we can debate that, but not all of it, right? So a, a lot of this I've is I've decided I'm going to stay home. Congratulations. You no longer get to eat. If you can provide for your family with a yeah, four-hour yeah. work week, yeah, yeah. fill your week with other good things that you can do. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I work with high schoolers, and they are obsessed with passive income. This is, it's because of TikTok and other things. They're obsessed with passive income. And so the dream for them is 
somehow become famous on TikTok or just own a bunch of property and you're passively just making money, you're paying managers to do all. And like, if that's you, then like serve people in another way. Like you have all that time. Right. But that's not the norm. I don't think at all. Passive income is a weird part of this. I haven't even thought about the uniqueness of passive income. Yeah, my nephew got picked up by Milk for making a crazy video. You told me about this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they Milk wrote him and his fiance each a $7,500 check for buying the rights to the, like, media. The video. The video. Wow. To be part of a Milk commercial. Yeah. So if you put that money into a property and you don't have to work, I mean, yeah. I, I still think conscience would say do something all right, so, wholesome. I feel like I can speak to this on a personal level. Okay. Speak to it on yeah, a personal so level also. Tell us. I, so this was, this was a period of my life to which I call probably one of the darkest periods of my life. Um, no, it's not a cancer story. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Beth, and I, Beth and I got married. We moved to Memphis. I was working. Uh, there was a church I was working at that I resigned from, and I decided, okay, I'm going to fill pulpits. Um, and so... By God's providence, I began to fill pulpits. Beth and I moved from Mid-America Seminary Student Housing to an apartment complex on Mud Island because that's where Beth was working at the time. I was taking a total of three hours to finish my master's or my, no, sorry, my bachelor's. I don't have a master's. Um, My bachelor's (laughs) degree. And uh, it's okay, maybe one day. Uh, I was finishing my bachelor's degree. The, The guy who was teaching the class never met. Like it was like, it was a Tuesday, Thursday class. It was the last class of the day. It was like two o'clock and half the time he canceled class. It was miserable. Um, and I was working as an interim pastor in Clarksdale at a lovely church down there, uh, Riverside, precious people. And, um, and the work that was required of me was next to none. I could close my eyes and finish that class. It, he, he, frankly, I could have not turned anything. He would have passed me. Um, and then Riverside required me to teach on Wednesday and on Sunday morning and on Sunday night. That was it. That was the whole requirement. Um, that required maybe 10 hours of my week, all of that. Um, and that the reason I said it's one of the darkest times in my life is because even though I was doing what I was required to do, I can say with great confidence, I was not laboring in a way that that was appropriate for at bare minimum my conscience. And then secondly, I would say laboring unto the Lord. I don't think I could have any at any point in that, except for just a few rare occasions, could have said, Yes, Lord, I'm I am faithfully living unto you in every area of my life. Hmm. And I and I don't think that's just about, okay, I can labor in this and present it. And it was, you know, good. I preached the Philippians at the time. It didn't require a great deal of sermon prep. That was pretty much it. And I just don't think that that's what is in mind when we're talking mm-hmm. about laboring unto the Lord in a God glorifying so way. So in hindsight, what do you think the ethic should have been? Like what should your work ethic have been? Yeah, I think I probably at the time should have gotten another job. Was um, there anything that you could have found at the church to do to fill that time? Like, I, it, it would have, I mean, I could have gone, so I'm obviously I'm living in Memphis. Right. So I would have had to drive down every single day and then come back on Tuesdays. Uh, and so saying. like it was, it was an extra three hours in the but car. You would, you would, you would counsel you now from, from here. Yeah. To going you back, then. I would yeah, say, same. Hey bro, you probably need to get another job. Yeah. Um, and, and there were options. I were opportunities. Like I could have gotten a job at the grocery store on my island. Like there were right. various things I could have right. done. And it would have and it would have occupied my time in a God glorifying way, as opposed to me just sitting there 
and doing nothing profitable. All right, so let me ask you this. Sure. Do you have to make money before it's defined as work? I would say no. No. Yeah, me neither. No. But the I, important, you go ahead. Like, so is there something you could have done? I know so I guess, many faithful of, people who like work full time for no money, hmm. like retired people or, oh, yeah. you know, at like pregnancy centers or if not part full time, at least part time. Right. Right. Like, I, I think that counts as work. Yeah. Undoubtedly. Hmm. But I think the, the catch there is if your family, if you're doing something and your family's not being provided for, then, then you've got an issue, right? Yeah, of yeah. course. The first, the first issue is you must provide for your family. And to, to say, like, that the scriptures use strong language in regard to this, uh, one who doesn't provide for his family is worse than an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I don't think there's stronger language that could have been used there. Mm-hmm. All right, so how do we know when laboring too much or too little? You know, I'm reading. Like, is it time and effort? You know what I'm saying? Like, we already covered, like, 40 hour or four hours. It yeah. seems to me to be more based around when you are working it's yeah. it's more effort driven yeah I agree. quality of work i think there are ways to know if you're working too much in the fact that if you're providing for your fan, family financially but not supporting them spiritually mm. or emotionally mm. or great point um yeah i mean any of that like there's a way to overwork yourself yeah interestingly i'm i'm reading about jonathan edwards right now and Jonathan Edwards and David Brainerd both worked themselves pretty much to death. Well, Spurgeon. Spurgeon as well. And um, what's interesting about Edwards is Edwards lost months and months of his life because he overworked himself in one or two months. He could have solved and been more fruitful for the kingdom. Hard to imagine, but being more fruitful for the kingdom if he would have taken a nap every so often. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to be able, you have to know that you have a limit. And one of the things that one of these authors mentioned is resting is perhaps one of the greatest indications that you know who you are. Mm. It's like I, 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 I have a limit. And yeah. one of the ways that I glorify God is by saying, I'm not you and mm. I have to go to bed mm. um, and rest and trust him with the fruit of it. So that's working too hard. Mm. Yeah. I think the best category, though, is the one Blake brought up, which is just, are you actually fulfilling the roles that God's given you in your life? And if the answer to that's no, and you're overly saturated in one to where you can't do the others, then, I mean, my question, first and foremost, is going to be, we might have some idolatry there. Yeah, and I think you can take it out of, like, the husband-father picture, too. Like, it's like, can you be a faithful church member and do your job? Can you... Like, can you serve in the ways that you would like to serve or feel like you should serve and do the job that you're doing right now? And I think that's, I think that's something that we have to continually check ourselves on. Yeah. Okay. Has God gifted people in different ways to make one person more suited for uh, that type of work than another? And do we enjoy what we are good at more than what we are not good at? Yes to both. Hard yes. <laughs> but this is what's kind of crazy, though, because, you know, for me, it's like discovering discovering my occupation that I'm in now was providential. Mm. Certainly. And so I think, like, you can't discard the fact. And I've always said this. Work is good. Period. Period. Yeah. yeah. So we can always, like, fall back to you may be, you know, 
uh, entry level grocery sacker, and that's okay that you yeah. don't want to be there. But there's a season and a time, right, where it's like I'm going to do this with all of my ability and mm-hmm. know that this is a means to an end. Like, I mean, I, I you know, I'll have to give a shout out to Noel. I mean, I she said I want to work and loves to work, loves to have her own money, loves to work at the register at Bonchibo and Hernando. And she does a great job. <laughs> and by does the way. a great job. She does a great and job. they looked at her the other day and said, "Hey, you know, at some point, like we may want to maybe think about." you know, getting you in training and involved, you know, this is all just from running the register really yeah. good. And so I think like, you know, therein lies, like sometimes you're the things that you're good at can happen by just laboring in something that you don't even know you're good. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like it just, mm-hmm. it opens doors to other things. And I think to like your point, Blake, sometimes like we're looking past the present to the future and discarding the value of the present. I mean, uh, this is part of, I include this in my testimony now that when I first moved to Olive Branch, I was an angry person because I thought I wanted to be a teacher and I wasn't. <laughs> like I wasn't like happy with, with doing it. Uh, and so, I, and I thought I'd be good at it and I didn't feel like I was good at it. And so there was kind of like this, I was like, what did I do? <laughs> you know? And I think, <laughs> where did I go wrong? <laughs> like, what has happened? <laughs> and it took like a couple of months of humbling myself to realize, you know, like the way that the Lord was providing for me and, and continually, like I see is his mercy in that. But mm. like, I think there's a way that we can be upset with where we're at thinking that we need to be somewhere else and miss, like you're saying, all of the good things that yeah. the Lord's providing for us in work that we may not feel is just the best like to this day it's not it doesn't really just light up my soul to be mm-hmm, a teacher mm-hmm. but it it's a gift from god right yeah. now and i see that mm-hmm. it makes me think sorry it makes me think of i forget who wrote this but they were talking about um they were talking about looking for a spouse sorry i know this is an illustration i think it's helpful but you're looking for a spouse and you're looking for this like perfect 10 mm-hmm. woman somewhere that is not only a perfect 10 but she's she's everything that you ever hoped for and dreamed for and imaginated in your mind imaginate is not a word but now it is and she's <laughs> and, okay with being you and, with yeah, you even though you're a three absolutely yeah like you're you're a, you're a, you're a 2.6 and um but she wants to be married right. to a pastor and, the, and the, yeah, 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 yeah yeah hey man hey look <laughs> Pat, never mind. Stop. All right, okay. Um, there's, never mind. I gotta stop now. You, you threw me off bad. But, but it's like, but it's like you're looking for this figment, right? It's not real. Yeah, right? it's fake. It's more and and then like, God has placed a wonderful woman in the same congregation you're in, right? And you've looked past her 460 times because right. you're busy right. uh, fantasizing about a woman that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. never and it's coming. like, it's like, it's like, Hello. there's a beautiful woman right. who loves the Lord mm-hmm. Jesus and and it seems as though she'll consent to love you all your days <laughs> right. like maybe maybe go with what's real right yeah. and I think the same thing can be true about a job mm. and it's like I've, I've, I've fantasized about this job my whole life and it's like it doesn't exist and right now what's most important is that you have groceries mm. and a mm-hmm. place to live mm-hmm. and so it's like take the job that the Lord's provided for you mm-hmm. and do it to the glory of God mm-hmm. and here's what I think is is interesting sometimes you're unhappy in a job mm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can just keep doing that job mm-hmm. because I would imagine that the majority of the world at some point or another is like, bro, I could jump ship right now and be mm-hmm. happy. Mm-hmm. But what we need is to labor into the Lord and to persevere in them 
and do it to the glory of God. And I think a lot of times that hill is just that. You're going to top it and you're going to hit the downside on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my philosophies as a parent is like to always parent with an eye on territory. It's like if you're faithful in this territory, right, mm-hmm. in this season, I'll expand it. Oh, that's good. Like almost to a point where I'll give you so much territory to hang yourself with it. You know, if you've proven faithful in all these other places, like, look, it's, you, now you have a scary amount of freedom. Yeah. Right. And I think the same way, like if we look at our lives in, in like prov- like in seasons of providence and be like, this is, I'm going to caretake and steward this season in this place and labor as I labor hmm. into the Lord. It's not laboring with an eye on... Um, manipulation like mm. i'm gonna manipulate god because if i do this for a year but now I, he'll give me more yeah but you, you made me think of it because it's like with with an eye on joseph right yeah. every place and every season that he was in he was he was he labored faithfully eyes on, eyes on the now yes and it seemed like his his territory was expanded for ownership and and the lord granted him i mean what he was elevated to the second uh second in command in yeah. egypt mm-hmm. i mean that, that doesn't mean that's going to happen for everybody that's listening or to us but i think it does mean like there's some truth to laboring as you labor under the lord in a season of providence right where he would have you absolutely and i think like we don't believe the prosperity gospel and so to believe that like it could be that way until you retire that's right and it's okay it is yeah this is where it's like please just kill the concept of this like extraordinary like I just I hear so much of this where it's like I want I want this like crazy pipe dream that's down the road and it's like bro like Lord willing that may be a thing for you it may not and if it isn't that's fine Mm -hmm. like go can be be consistent be faithful and it's like faithfulness is almost always the true measure of extraordinary Mm -hmm. it's like go be faithful and in and, and every little thing, and as you mentioned, I think that's just a simple biblical principle of the tenets, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the Lord's giving you this. And look, he may give you something that has nothing to do with your work. Mm-hmm. Like he may give you another child. There, mm-hmm. There's no telling, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you may just stay homeostasis. Mm-hmm. You may just go throughout your life in that state. Mm-hmm. Be faithful in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So we talked about four-hour work week, quality of work week, quantity of work week. We talked about rest, and it's good to rest, yeah. knowing your limitations, knowing when you need to rest. So my question is, when when do we know that it's sinful to not be working? Uh, this is this, this is my working definition of lazy. Okay, um, I, I, super I, jazz right now. Well, the reason the reason it, it was helpful <laughs> he to just me uncrossing cross his legs, <laughs> sassy style. <laughs> my my def, so my working definition of lazy okay. is not getting done what you're required to get done. Okay, um, and. And that and that is not just the limitations of your work, right? That's work. That's family. That that's everything. Mm-hmm. And some of that goes into the one another's inside of scripture, like it, it, it's blanket. Mm-hmm. And so, but there is a time where the most profitable thing I can do is take a nap. Mm. Um, in seminary, one of the most helpful things that was ever said to me is like, "Go glorify God and take a nap." And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I was run ragged. I was so tired. I was doing nothing well. And for some reason, hearing that was like this this moment of 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 just freedom. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey bro, you don't have to fit everything God has for your life in the next year. Right. Unless you're gonna die at the end mm-hmm. of the year, then that's true. <laughs> um but <laughs> But it doesn't matter anyway. But yeah, it doesn't yeah. But it's just you like will. yeah, just just labor faithfully and get done what the Lord's called you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the biblical understanding we have of this is in First Thessalonians maybe. Where people were just waiting on the Lord to come yeah. back. Oh yeah, and decided all they had, and they like, just were like, "We're just sitting right. here waiting." Uh, <laughs> He's like, "Stop!" I, it. <laughs> I don't know how prominent that is now, but I think if you're at that point where it's like 
I think an application of that is like, well, I'm just going to trust the Lord, you know, I'm just yeah. trusting the Lord. Mm. It's like, you can trust the, that the Lord will provide for you work to, mm. to provide for yourself. Mm. I think that kind of, there's like an over spiritualization of just wanting to trust the Lord without being willing to work. Is that, does that make sense? hundred percent. It reminds me of the, I, I, every so often I'll get a question like, you got a word from the Lord for me this week? And it's like, I do. It's called uh, the book of Romans. <laughs> it's called the Bible. <laughs> hundred. I, I actually have a word from, from the Lord for you every Sunday. Yeah, but I I do honestly think there are people who like quit the job, quit their jobs. And they're like, man, we're just trusting the Lord. Yeah. And it's like, no, like you trusted him to give you that job. Yeah. The Lord uses means. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's a, a danger in over-spiritualizing. Mm. All right. So this goes back maybe to an earlier question about uh, is is all labor, meaning that we are receiving pay or income from it. And like you mentioned, there's several things that we would call labor that we don't receive a paycheck for. But what about retirement? Is retirement a biblical concept? Like I'm like, like is the American idea of retirement Paging John Piper. I was about to say, somebody give me some seashells. Um, <laughs> what does that even mean? Do you know? Are the, you serious? The video, oh, bro, no. where he like juxtaposes this couple who like died because they were being doctors in Africa in their retirement, and this couple who retired at like fifty and like has a yacht and they collect seashells to stroll on their thirty foot trawler. You don't know what I'm talking no, about? This is like no. a, Dude, this is, look this is a moment. In, uh, like, this is important. He, like, came under fire again for yeah. it recently. Like, people huh. have just now, well, yeah, apparently it's, it's, people don't know what it is. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the Mars under a rock. thing. It's like, this, <laughs> it's, it was it. the moment. A rock, a rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you probably uh, should. Seashells. Yeah, okay. just one day, John passion, Piper, yeah. seashells. It'll come up. Okay. It was in, it's it was no in Memphis. Life. Yeah, it was in. It was at Shelby Farms. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's wrong with you? All right, we'll, we'll unpack it. Like the, I'm sure I'm not alone in the audience. Well, They're all like hanging yeah, so by what's wrong with here. You, First of all, if you haven't listened to the seashell sermon, it's it's essentially what birthed the "Don't Waste Your Life" book. Book. Yeah. Okay. Um, Concept. Which I, I'm probably launched Piper. Period. I, think I mean, he, he, was had, already he had launched. some clout before. He, he created complementarianism before that. He, can, he created complementarianism. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we, so, somebody it's created true. You have to believe Trinity. it. Look what it's the guy's like, wearing out here. here. <laughs> just slinging the half truth. gracious. <laughs> All right, retirement. Tell, All us right. John, retirement. tell us what John Piper got shot well, his, with. His whole, his whole concept is that the he asked the question at the end of this, who wasted their life? Okay. The one who died, do I mean doing? They they were not only doctors; they were missionaries. Over yeah, there. like yeah. missionary doctors. Yeah, it was two in older Africa. women that were yeah. that were missionaries, and then there was this couple who retired and spent however long their life was right collecting seashells and trawling around on their boat. Okay, um, and he asked the question at the end: Who wasted their life? And I think it's a reasonable question. Um, now, it is not to say that retirement essentially makes you waste your life. Right. Like, you know, it's like, it's not not equivalent, right? (laughs) But, but I do think as as I'm known to do, yeah, yeah. I I don't, I don't think that retirement in and of itself does, but I think if you're going to retire and the the Lord grants you that, then that's not the conclusion of your life. Right. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I think you might even lean into the unique opportunities that you've been given to grow in grace, I mean, to grow in grace, to serve the local church, to use your life for evangelism and for whatever, you know, you, you have so many uh, you opportunities. You still have a functioning role of responsibility Absolutely within you your church and within your familial unit. Yeah. 
It's like even, you know, even it's addressed in the New Testament church that it is, you know, th- those widows who have yeah. family, it's their family's responsibility to take care of them first and foremost. Absolutely. And it's, and it's a, you know, it's an idea of bringing shame upon the family if the church has to take care Agreed. of someone's family member because they're being abandoned by their family. Yeah. And so, you know, I think about this in the ways, you know, a lot of times retirement, what does that mean? It, it means normally grandfathers and grandmothers. What's yeah. like, you still have a role of a mother yeah. and the role of a father to to disciple mm-hmm. and, and really administrate that role as an example yeah. in the midst of your church and your family to the glory of God. When I think of faithful saints who use their retirement to do the ministry yeah. that they didn't often have time to do that they wanted to do mm-hmm. before they retired, like I think that's beautiful. Yeah, and I, I even I can think of some saints here that retired and now use their opportunities in retirement to be discipled. Yeah. Which is like one of those things like there's there's not a there's not a cutoff point, right, to you being fruitful mm-hmm. and laboring mm-hmm. and there's not a cutoff point for you to be fruitful and growing. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, retirement's such an interesting one, but I think it can be idolized inside of our culture. Mm-hmm. Like that's no the end goal. The end goal is to reach retirement. Um and I I wonder and this is just a thought that I've had. I wonder if that's just evidence of um, a, a, a lack of delight in work. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it must be. I'm just saying for some, I think it might be. Yeah, here, here's, my, here's my take on retirement. You ready? <laughs> I'm ready. I think we should all prepare for it. Mm. Because I, I just read today that Social Security will be uh, bankrupt in 12 years. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, our generation should opt it out, bro. Yeah, our generation um, really don't participate in pensions, mm-hmm. so we're left to fund. Yeah, you know, save for the future. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I think like what Not you take into account is your faculties, right? How how long can I actually be fruit of like fruitful yeah. labor, like to an employer? Uh, or to my own business, or to my own trade, or to my own job, you know, whatever that role is, at some point you would think that, you know, the body, the mind isn't as sharp as it once was. And so I think of, I think of like, you know, retirement as, as we see like the need to save for it. I just find like there's so many people who act as if retirement won't happen. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like I'll, I'll I'll be able to work until the day I die. It's like, well, that's not necessarily might not be the case. There might be a time in which you won't be at your maximum earning potential and maybe you'll have to back into a remedial job, you know, working at the grocery store or working at, you know, the hardware store or whatever, you know, uh, on a part-time or full-time basis, but it's not what you were once used to earning. Yeah. And so there's a need for saving for retirement based on like physical ability. And I think like often our mind as Christians get captured by retirement is bad because it's one long vacation (laughs) when really retirement is really basically built around the concept of I can't always work and labor at this level of effort. It's knowing your end. Yes. And I just need to sit and and live and function as a family member, as a church member. And do the things I can do. Absolutely. But I can't, you know, I can't earn, I can't earn that earning power yeah. that I once did in my prime earning years. Certainly. Yeah. I think the only, like, I feel like the Bible, we, we take the biblical warnings of like saving up, but your soul is required to, of you and throw the baby out with the bathwater. And it's like, 
don't save up for anything because tomorrow's not promised. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, the, the the parable of like tonight, the yeah, it's like yeah. or in James where yeah. yeah, yeah. So I just feel like we shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's like it's okay to save. It's good to save. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't save. Like I think yeah. a lot of people live for today and only day, only yeah. today, and they live outside their means, like mm. financial means, and so they're mortgaging. Yeah. Is my financial Ooh. hat? They're mortgaging their future well, to live for today. Yeah, and that's dangerous. It yeah. is. What? Why are you looking at me? Don't I'm just. I thought you were going to say something. No, I mean, I, I'm in agreement. I think. I think we. You kind of hit between the both of us. We hit the both extremes there. Yes. Which you've got like idolatry of laziness, looking forward to not having to do right. anything. Right. And the other is like, I'm trying to think of a nice way, not being wise. Yeah. All right, so there's also pride in that. If you don't want to retire, it's like you think that the world will stop spinning. Like you can think the world will stop mm, spinning mm. if you quit working. No, I'm not saying that's the only thing. I'm yeah, saying yeah. it's a possible. I, I, I totally agree. With there that. are people that. out there who are like in their 80s still trying to be. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly. Be at the top of their game, and it's like, why don't you just? Yeah, yeah. It world goes on. Certainly. All right, is it wrong to pay taxes? Oh my goodness! Gosh. Are you serious, bro? <laughs> it's tied in. It's worse. Over. <laughs> like, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still like back at the. Do we delight in work? Okay, and it's just because I, I really sorry. Like, I know I'm going back there. First of all, I don't want to talk about that. But then secondly, <laughs> but then secondly, I I think that our biggest issue inside of inside of the workforce, especially inside of Christian workforce, is that we do not delight in laboring and see it as a gift from God. Mm. Mm. And so I and and with the understanding that it is just it is just that. It's labor. It's not connected to I must so I think the first question you ask is a really important is like my fulfillment here does not need to be am I having fun? Right. Mm. Right. All right, so you know how like some pastors in like the, oh, no. in big church, and I'm doing my in hands. You, know, you got the wings, right? Okay, you got the you got the mm. auditorium wings. In, in this in this imaginary place, where do you think the youth sit? In the imaginary wing, yeah. So what? it's like if it's the auditorium, we could even throw in a balcony. The youth okay. are either in the balcony or on the side. Front, uh, They're always on the side. Yeah, but on the front of the side. Yeah, it's either this front. It's either this right Why are front we on wing. This? All right. Because you know how the how the pastor always says, "All right, now you know he'll talk to the youth. Mm. Oh, he'll reach out to them." Yes, I'm gonna talk to the youth for just a minute, yeah. right? Because we've talked Amen. about work and we talked about being paid, but what about like students? Like, what about like knowledge, acquiring knowledge, and being a good student and laboring as a student as you labor into the Lord? Hurt my own feelings. It does. Pay. I know. I hurt my own feelings, I hurt my own feelings too. I need to go fast. back and wag my finger at myself. How about in '98? <laughs> I had a guy text me and he said he was a, a pastor in the area that I that I was pastoring in my first church in Grenada and uh, and he texted me he said bro I was rolling at 98 <laughs> he, he's, he was a teacher and he knew that I was a lackluster student wow. at anyway alright so you know, I was thinking about students so yeah. th- this will be kind of the, the positive conclusion that students Lawson's get looking paid. for in, in knowledge, what? in knowledge, oh my goodness, in investment in their future. But it made me think. So it made me think, like laboring to know the Lord as a workman, mm. yes, and what fruit that provides, and how that ultimately impacts laboring in the world. 
Yes. That's what you're touching this on, This is bro. good. This is really good. So I'm like... I know. It I know how me. to tickle it your fancy. It me so much when I'm just so excited <laughs> about things that Don says. But there is... So I got asked today. This was okay. a great question. It's And the question was, um, how do we know that we're not just intellectually pursuing? Mm-hmm. And inside of that, it was like, well, there's clearly work associated with this. Like, there's no sermon that's preached from Mercy Hill's pulpit that did not have an endless amount... Well... It That's clearly has a little dramatic. End. That has a lot of labor behind it. Yeah. Right? My favorite, my favorite thing that anyone ever says to me after a sermon is thankful for your labor. Yeah. Um, and it's like as we pursue knowledge of God, like it is an actual pursuit that does require actual labor, and it has the best of ends. Mm. Um, and so it's like there is a sense that our spiritual disciplines are just that. We discipline ourselves so that we can know the Lord more and more and more because we find him to be a worthwhile pursuit. Mm. 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 All right. If we're going to equate it with earthly work, we work and we work and we work because the end of providing for our family and glorifying God with our labor is a worthwhile pursuit. Mm. Do you have a Bible verse for that? I don't. We can end with it if you have you it. chapter and verse, man. Yeah. It's Colossians. Is it? You're so in conclusion. Hey, is there a guy that comes to this church that has that like stamped on everything that he owns? <laughs> Who is it? It's like a producer of ours, uh, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Colossians. Oh, yeah. <laughs> i just like to say that this podcast rocks. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So in conclusion, Blake, Blake has, has a Bible, Bible verse. verse. Uh, pages are sticking. All right, Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily, ask for the Lord, and not for men. Knowing, this is 24, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Yes, amen. So Get like your to, grind on. So I'd like to thank my fellow elders. <laughs> I feel good about that. Lawson Harlow and Blake McCullough for the time spent today. And we hope we didn't cut any corners. <laughs> my fellow brothers and my friends, <laughs> my Godspeed. <fellow> <laughs>